From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello, friends. What's going on, Kat? Oh, you know I'm... Uh, sucking on something sucking by on the sounds of it. <laughs> I can't see you, but it sounds like it. Hang on, I'll just put it under my tongue. <laughs> um, I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, just trucking along till Christmas. I'm like ready to go here. I'm like ready to go just waiting for it to be December 24th so we can start fucking rocking around that Christmas tree. You know what I mean? Christmas is great this year. The way it works is amazing. I know some people hate Christmas on a Monday, but that means Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, meaning you get an entire full extra weekend to shop. So for me, that's true. This coming weekend is the time when I would typically venture out and do a little bit of shopping or finally open up the Amazon app or whatever. I've got next weekend still to do that. So I got lots of time. And so does everybody else. Mm -hmm. So does everybody else. Everybody, let's dial back the stress a little bit and have ourselves a good time. Let's try and enjoy the season a little bit. I think so. And indeed we will. Uh, Before we get into it, I do want to mention something. The Salvation Army reached out to us and they wanted to point out that while it's amazing that they're getting donations for our various toy drives and such that we've got going on, uh, they have a specific need for boys ages 9 to 12 and girls ages 9 to 12. That age age range there. So Lego, building sets, RC vehicles, model cars, Mm -hmm, Nerf mm -hmm. toys, crafts, more, all that sort of thing is what they're looking for. If you intend to, but haven't already made a toy donation, you got to get on it because they got to distribute it. Yes, yes. It takes time to do that. And we appreciate all the volunteers. Can we just mention the vol- Yay, volunteers yeah. that work for them? Because I know this is a time of year where a lot of us were busy with our own things, right? In our own minds, like, I got to get ready for this and me this and my family that. And then there's these amazing volunteers that are like thinking about other people. And they're just spending their time over the next couple of weeks helping to distribute where it needs to be done. So thank you for your time, volunteers, everywhere across, whether it's Salvation Army or another. Uh, I know there's like t- Trees of Hope that we have and then angel trees and all these other things, all these initiatives, we appreciate you. Or maybe you volunteer for your church or whatever it is, helping others this holiday season, we appreciate you. A towering new structure opens up in Vegas today, Kat. It's got a Miami beach vibe, they say, on the Las Vegas Strip, the Fontainebleau. Las Vegas opens up to guests and gamblers today after more than a decade under construction. I saw it under construction when I was there back in the spring. And first of all, I dislike the location. It's way way out in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's by it, Circus Circus. It's, by it's the, past Circus it's by Circus. by the fucking trashiest hotel, which is Circus Circus. Like, get um, to the wind encore yeah. and keep going. But that said, I mean, some people, okay, people do Vegas differently, right? Yep. You know me. I've done Vegas a many a time. So I know that there's different ways that you do this. Some people, Scott, will be fine with this because they l- will literally just fly in. Any casino will do. So the one in the hotel, this Fountain Blue one, fine. I'm, I'm sure it's great. It doesn't matter. As long as there's poker, blackjack, all the shit, whatever shit they want in the hotel, they will actually use it as a resort. And there's restaurants in there. There's multiple restaurants in there, as we know. That happens. So really, for some people, they will just stay um, and stay for like three, four, five days, whatever it is. Maybe sometimes people even stay for like two days, depending on how close they are to Vegas. And they'll just use that as a resort. So if that's you... If you're the type of person that just goes, you stay at your hotel the whole time, cool. For me, I'm not like that, though. I got to venture out. I want to be able to walk everywhere. So I always I always end up staying right at the center of the strip there, whether it's Bellagio, MGM area is fine. Obviously, Planet Hollywood, Paris, my personal favorite, but I'm biased. But uh, all those kind of it, it, right in the middle. But this is like way 
way out there, but it looks gorgeous. It does look gorgeous. It's going to take you a while to get there if you're going. It is the second most expensive hotel ever built in Vegas. 67 stories. God, I hope there's a lot of elevators because I've stayed at the MGM Mm -hmm. before, and that's not even the tallest one on the strip. And even that, it was like 10 minutes to get upstairs to my room. That one has a lot of land. That's the the thing with MGM. It's so true. And then they tell you when you check in, they're like, you're in in Bank J. You go to the J elevators. This is A. I have to go all the way to fucking J? Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is bullshit. Oh, this makes me want to go to Vegas. Ah, it's so fun. Uh, $3.7 billion to build this, second only in cost to the 66-tower resort world that opened up back in mid-2021. So I take it you're, you'll are you go to Vegas again, but not necessarily uh, a Fountain Blue? You know what? I'll, ch- I'll check it out if I if I find myself doing that. Okay, so when you say end of the trip, remind me, Circus Circus, is that on the way to downtown or that's the opposite way to downtown? No, i got to map it out. Yeah, I don't remember anymore Because I either. can't remember if Circus Circus is on the way out downtown. If it is, I would for sure because I love going old downtown Vegas. I do it every trip. I might even stay there next time, by the way. Have you been? Have you heard of, is it Circa? I think it's called Circa. Okay. Downtown Old Vegas. It's fucking phenomenal. I found first Old of Vegas all, gross. First, no, there's a brand new one that oh. they just opened, and it's adults only, which, yes, people bring their families to Vegas. I know. Not me personally, not for me. But uh, it's actually gorgeous. I might stay there next time. I was actually, like, lured by it. I was like, I went in, I was like, this is gorgeous. I forget what the, old, what the name of the old one was. Someone knows, and they'll DM me. But anyway. Gold Nugget? No, Golden Nugget's still there, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah, it's still there. It's still there. Dirty. It's great. God, I'm talking Fucking myself into it. a Vegas vacation right now. Shit. Yeah, you should. You should do it. Thinking about it. Uh, in the U.S., auto safety regulators have taken the first step toward requiring devices in vehicles that prevent drunk or impaired driving. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration announced it's starting the process of putting a new federal safety standard in place that would require the technology in all passenger vehicles. In 2021, nearly 13,400 people were killed in drunk driving crashes in America. 2021 is when they told the automakers, figure it out. So they've developed a couple of new things, like prototypes, that could end up in all new vehicles in the future, and likely will. A couple different ways they can do it. One of them, there's a sensor on the steering wheel. You have to put your finger on it, and it can tell from your fingerprint what your blood alcohol level is. Okay, I dig that. I dig that, too. As long as it's foolproof, but I assume that we're working out bugs here. There's got to be some kinks in this. They have to, because you know what you can find very easily around you in just about every parking lot? Somebody's finger. Hey, I need to borrow your finger. But the convicted DUI people out there that have got the the, uh, breathalyzer built into their car because they've had a DUI, I've seen people get their kid even to blow into it so that they can drive. I swear to God, I actually saw that once. I'm sad. Awful. But I assume the same will apply here. The other one is a breathalyzer, but it's not like you'd have to pull out a tube and start blowing to start your car. It can tell by the air in the vehicle. It's got like a sensor built in on the visor. And as you breathe, it can tell what your blood alcohol level is. That's a, that's a weird one. Because what if it, really, it won't pick up a passenger? Like what if you are an Uber driver with that vehicle car You're, full of really you drunk car people full of drunk people breathing that shit in your car you poor sons of bitches uh i wonder how like all the kinks there but uh, okay listen the more things in place as long as again as long as they work the the, the better the world will be because there's still going to be idiots that'll decide to get in a car and try to drive after they've been drinking 
I think this is a great idea. I would have no problem with it. I've said that before. If if they find a way to minimize the chances that a drunk driver gets behind the wheel, good. Right now, it's too convenient. Hey, mm-hmm. I've had a few drinks, and my car is right there. It'll be expensive to call an Uber or to call somebody to come pick me up or to walk. Or Well, walking doesn't cost anything, but people still don't want to do it, especially in the winter. This uh, This may convince a drunk person you're too drunk to drive. Yeah. Stats can is blaming cold temperatures here in Ontario. Did we have a cold year? I feel like this was a hot year. Earlier in the year? God, I can't even remember. Like January, February? Yeah, it was cold. I do recall it being quite cold. They say between that and bad storms in New Brunswick, our maple syrup crop this year, Cat, is just shit. Oh, no. That sucks. It hit a five-year low this year with only 47.4 million liters of syrup harvested this year. It's a drop of 40.1% from last year's total, which was near a record 79 million liters. New Brunswick gets the bulk of the blame. Their production was down 35%, Ontario down 15%. You know what I hear when I read this story? What do you hear? Cha-ching. It's time to produce less maple syrup and charge way more for it. Oh, no. You're right. You're probably right. That's probably what they will do. They do that shit all the time. Yeah. Oh, it's a Christmas tree shortage. That's why we're charging 150 bucks for a six-foot mm-hmm. pine tree. Mm-hmm. Get the hell out of here. We are surrounded by trees. They're fucking everywhere. Now, maybe this particular lot has a shortage, but that doesn't mean we have a shortage that you can double yeah. and even triple the price. Having said that, please support our Christmas tree farmers. And those who sell maple syrup. A third beluga whale from Marineland has now died at a U.S. aquarium after it arrived there two years ago. Mm. Out of warranty. Uh, in 2021. <laughs> just, right? It always, just out of just warranty. It's like a Fuck. week, a week ago. We bought this whale from you and it <laughs> fucking died. Uh, Did they buy it from Marineland? In 2021, they sold five belugas to Mystic Aquarium in Connecticut at the time that the Ontario government had declared all marine mammals at Marineland in distress due to water issues. Mystic says one whale died within months of the move. The second died about a year later due to a pre-existing condition. This third beluga, it's Karabali is the name. Okay was given round-the-clock care for now multiple health issues before she sadly passed away. At what point can Mystic Aquarium come back to Marineland here and say, hey, you sold us a whole bunch of fucking sick whales. Yeah. And why I mean, are we selling the whales anyway? That seems like a weird thing to trade in. I, I don't know. Um, I don't want anyone to own them, though. Like, I'm not happy with any of it. So let me ask you this. We've got these belugas, and and I do think that the government has the power to do this. If we just all of a sudden decided, you know what? You're not allowed to keep mammals in care or in captivity. It just doesn't happen anymore. If you've got a whale, it's got to go. You've got a year to figure it out. I've always been told that because they were born in captivity, they'd never be able to survive in the wild. Wouldn't it be more humane to just give them a shot? To release them into wherever they're indigenous to. I don't know where beluga whales come from. Is that cold water? I think it is. Wouldn't it be fair to yeah. find an area where there's other yeah. belugas and let it go and and give it the best shot at survival possible? And let nature take its course on that? Mind you, we've already interfered, so it's not necessarily nature taking its course because we've interfered with the first part of its life. Absolutely. But, I mean, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, 
I don't know enough about it, so I'm not going to say for sure, but maybe there's some experts that will come forward and suggest that. Maybe there have been before. I don't know. It just seems like we've tried everything, and I know that they've still got other animals there at Marineland. I haven't been there in years, so I don't know what's going on. But 10 years ago, there were fences falling down. There was paint chipping (laughs) off everywhere. And I thought, if this is how they take care of the property, I can't even imagine what the whales are going through and the seals and the sea lions. Shit like that. Even the deer I felt for. Oh, even the deer. Like, there's a forest right fucking there. Let, let me them, go. Let them go. You know? Like, let them go. I want to free all the animals in Marineland because it seems like oh. even though they probably had the best of intentions, this has gotten all fucked up. Yeah. Just let them go. Let, and, also, that would be a sweet place for condos. That's all. Oh, my. Can you imagine? Yeah, that'd be great. That wouldn't surprise me at all. If they sold Marineland and put up condos, they that will. would not surprise me. If it's gone one day, they will. Speaking of which, a follow-up on something we mentioned the other day. Um, we were talking about all the condos that we're building and so on and so forth. A bunch more got approved in Kitchener-Waterloo, where we do our, our main radio show. 622 units are going in at the corner of King and Victoria in Kitchener. That's right near the Via station and the GO station. It's great. Yeah. 600 units, awesome. Right on the Ion line, which is the LRT. They also approve townhouses. Ah, townhouses. Oh, good news. 45 of them. Oh, that's it? That's it. That's it. That's all they're going to well, do. 45 I mean, condos, what? 600 condos. 45 townhouses, yeah. 600 condos. Well, we know that they're going to be a little more, uh, like they take up more land. It is what it is. But a little more than 45 would have been cool. Maybe they'll, they'll maybe there will be more announcements though. Well, you know, maybe. Get ready for a new mini city because in Waterloo, a 12-tower development with 3,353 condos. It's so big, it creates a bunch more city blocks. Where the heck in heck is this going? It will be on Northfield North? Drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Northfield Here's Drive. Room there. Yeah, North okay. Waterloo. They're building 3,353 condos, but only 2,675 parking spaces. <laughs> What are we doing here? No home should be sold without parking. Well, stop this shit. I know. I mean, the only good news is the transit system there, I will say, is finally working. Not the best in the world connecting the all three cities in the region. However, it is working. Uh, and the ION specifically, I know a lot of people use. Yesterday, the federal government, in their latest move to try and free up supply and, and ease the housing crisis, announced they're going to do what the Ontario government's doing with schools. You know how they're going to have a bunch of, there's like three different designs that you can pick for this school that you want to build. And they're all approved. Just pick one and go ahead and build. I kind of love that. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. So now the feds have decided, that's a good idea. We're going to do that with houses. So they're comparing it to a wartime effort. Back in the day when all of our soldiers were returning from war, Uh we built all these wartime homes that you can still see today. Take a drive through downtown Hamilton. If you want to see the wartime home effect, you can even take a drive through parts of Toronto and see the wartime home effect. They aren't great. They're not really well built. And it's going to be like a catalog. When you decide or decide on having a wartime home, you get to pick from a catalog and you can have model A, B, C, or D. But they're all exactly the same house, just laid out a little differently. It's- okay. We're going to have a lot of little shacks around here is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be building very, very small houses. Yeah, like 1,000 square well, feet for a three-bedroom. I mean, okay. There's room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess some people, like, people will live in them. I'm sure they it, will. It's just you're not getting, we're not building the houses that currently exist. You can drive through any subdivision you want, whether it's Mattamy or Sundial or whatever. Those houses are the, the sort of the standard for 2023 that we're used to. 
these new ones they're going to be building are going to look nothing like that. And it's just another one of those stories that we have that make anyone who has a pretty decent size detached home want to sit on it that much longer. You're going to be sit on it. Don't move. Don't move. You You are going to be be very, very rich when you sell it to one of these immigrants that is coming here and wants a three bedroom or four bedroom home. If you can stay still, don't move. Over in the United Arab Emirates, they've been doing the COP28 climate conference for the last couple of weeks. This one came right down to the wire because nobody could agree on what the final declaration was going to say. They finally reached a deal. But environmentalists are right pissed off at this one because the new proposal doesn't specifically use the language of phasing out fossil fuels. We're going to continue to use fossil fuels, according to COP28, even though more than 100 nations disagreed with it. Instead, the new language says we will transition away from fossil fuels in energy systems in a just, orderly, and equitable manner. Apparently, environmentalists did not like that wording at all. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) But it does make things a little clear because I don't even understand anymore. We've heard the government say, yep, we're going to phase out fossil fuels by 2030. It was 2035, and Alberta wants 2050, and then they said 2040. I don't know what's going on anymore, but now we're not even using the language of phase out fossil fuels. We're just going to gradually, in a very just manner, do it. To me, just for Canada would be... Yeah, we use oil as long as people need oil and as long as we have oil to sell. So I would think that that's probably going to be the way that it continues to go. Uh, There was another interesting thing out of Ottawa yesterday. They voted on a non-binding resolution at the UN General Assembly calling for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in the war between Israel and Hamas. Uh, We voted with the rest of the world. Only 10 countries voted in favor of Israel on this. But the Americans voted in favor of Israel. We, up until yesterday, had always said that we're fully behind Israel. Then we voted for a ceasefire. So Jewish groups are outraged. A lot of federal politicians are pretty upset about this. And and frankly, I don't know if this means that we have an end to all the protests. Because the protests that you see through just about every city in Canada right now, we're calling for a ceasefire. Calling for Canada to call for a ceasefire. Now Canada's done that, and I'm wondering, does that end the protests, and can we all just get back to a merry, jolly old time? Hmm. I don't know what it's going to do. It's kind of uh, weird that we signed on to this because it doesn't even mention Hamas, and it doesn't talk about the uh, horrific attacks on October the 7th. So it's going to be something that people in Ottawa are discussing. I don't really want to get into it because it's not really an upside for me here. I'd really like peace. Peace would be just great. But we can talk about sports. The federal sports minister says a registry of offenders is coming this March as part of efforts to address safe sport crisis. Carla Qualtro says the public registry is going to list individuals who have been sanctioned under the code of conduct for abuse or maltreatment in sport and whose eligibility to participate in sport has been restricted. So in other words, now... You're a hockey coach. You're a soccer coach. You could be just a a mom or dad that volunteered, or you could be someone elite that's trying to run a big program. If you get in trouble, i.e. you have violated the code of conduct in some way, 
you're going to now go on a registry that all other sports organizations are going to be able to see, and they'll be able to say, ooh, don't hire Cat Callahan there. She got in trouble for coaching Timbit soccer and th- well, whipped her hat at the referee. Yeah. <laughs> well, he deserved it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I hear what you're saying. That's important. I think that's, that's important that we have that. You know, every now and again, we yeah. come up with some new policies, and I think, why the hell didn't we have that in the first I d- place? I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But that is so important because we've heard it time and time again of so many negative things happening there. And we don't want that to be a negative space. We want it to be a positive space for youth taking sports and all those things. I'm just trying to figure out if there's any gray area there. I've coached sports for a very long time. And and you know what? There's been some interactions with players and officials and other parents over the years that I'm not particularly proud of. But nonetheless, I, I didn't violate any code of conduct. But if I had, that would impede my future ability to coach in other sports or in other yeah. jurisdictions or things like that. Occasionally, there's a misunderstanding. Sometimes there is. I'd like to think that that happens not as often as the actual infractions, but hopefully they've put the right checks and balances in place here. <laughs> is Mike Babcock's name on that list? <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of pro coaches. Because <laughs> I'm just thinking about the pros. <laughs> that arguably should be on this list, you know. It might have been on that list if it existed in the minors' days, you know. I'm kidding. No, I'm not really. Do you remember the prank last year where the woman sent her boyfriend to Starbucks to order her a Christmas drink? Uh, yes, I do. And it was like all made up and shit. It was funny. For those who don't remember, I'm going to play the video. Will you get me a la 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 latte, please? If you sing it as well, apparently they give it you for free. <laughs> if I sing. Fa la 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 latte. It's off the secret menu. Are you sure? Yeah, it's from the Christmas menu. Good morning, welcome to Costa. Um, can I order the la 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 latte? The latte? The la 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 one. Is that the horse of Are you serious? Is it off the secret menu? We don't have a secret menu. You're an idiot. Sorry, can I just get a latte, please? That's great. It's going around again. The video is actually from last year, but people are sharing it like crazy because it's just funny all over again. I find it mean. Ladies, <laughs> I find it fucking mean that you girls know shit and, and guys what? should never be expected to know this shit, yeah. but you send them out to get your shit and then get them in shit. Dude, Adam Adam Driver. You know Adam Driver is, right? Yes. Adam, a great guy. So he hosted SNL recently. And during his monologue, I almost peed my pants. He's at the piano. He's doing a little monologue thing. And he talked about couple pranks on TikTok. This is the kind of shit he was talking about. And he basically said, if you're doing that, fuck off. Like, (laughs) nobody likes you. Stop doing that. Uh, Anyway, so it's pretty funny that that was brought up. But some people love doing it. Sometimes I like watching it. Sometimes I don't. Like, it's harmless is what I'm trying to say. Like, the ones where people get harmed, I don't like it, or really embarrassed. Like, that's not a big deal. But uh, some of them are funny. Like, you've never thought about pranking a little bit? I would never. You know what? These pranks have evolved way too much because they're way too believable. If if my girlfriend came to me and said, yeah, it's on the secret menu, but you, you have to it. say fa la 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 latte, <laughs> they'll give it to you for free. I would probably believe her. And I'm a Starbucks customer, and I would probably believe her. You're preying on naivete. <laughs> and it's not right, ladies. It's but not fucking right. But you're dating the person. So, like, you're the one making the choice. You know what I mean? Like, 
Maybe that's the choice you should re-examine. That's what I'm saying. If you feel like an asshole because your girl pranked you in the Starbucks drive-thru, maybe you should look over and say, I think for Christmas I'm going to find myself a new girlfriend. (laughs) I'm going to find myself another fa-la-la-la-la-la-la girl. (laughs) Get out of here. While we're doing videos from TikTok, let's do this one too. She is an Amazon driver. And one of the things I was shocked to read today is that the average Amazon driver delivers an average of 350 packages a day. A day. That's a lot. You do anything 350 times a day, and it's a lot. This is their route. This is what they do every day. Probably even more around this time of year. So when you're wondering why they, when you look on your security video, why they're like running up to your house, chucking the shit, taking a picture and running away, it's because they have 349 other deliveries yeah. to make. You're not delivery 345. <laughs> you're like delivery eight. But anyway, an Amazon driver, and I don't think she was authorized to speak on behalf of Amazon. She's just a driver who oh. has a TikTok account. Yeah, she might get in trouble for this. She went on a bit of a rant. Let's play this for you. Bring shit in your house. Don't ask me to bring nothing in your house unless you got a plate for me. I cannot bring it in your house. It'll be right here on your step. Thank you. Let's play it from the beginning. Don't ask me to bring shit in your house. Don't ask me to bring nothing in your house unless you got a plate for me. I cannot bring it in your house. It'll be right here on your step. Thank you. Okay, that was the wrong one. This is the right one. Here we go. Cat litter, dog food. Some of these dog foods like 80 pounds. What size dogs do y'all have in y'all house? Why is the dog food in the kitty litter so heavy? Bottle water. Go out and get your fucking own. They don't pay us enough to be lifting cat litter, bottle water, and dog food. Y'all don't want to go out for shit and do shit. But sit at home and order, 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 <laughs> order, 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 and we got a thousand stops. I mean, yes, but that's also the job. Just, just to be fair, does like, she yes. have a point? Uh, oh, I mean, who orders a case of water? Like, even if I'm doing Instacart or something, I don't know. I don't order water anyway, but I would never order like heavy things. I think on purpose because I would feel bad unless it was a specific company that drops off that heavy stuff, and that's their job. Like my water softener salt that gets dropped off. So I don't have to worry about that. So when it comes to Amazon, keep in mind, there's a lot of shit on there. And that can be sometimes maybe your issue with Amazon more so than your your issue with what customers are ordering. I, I don't disagree that there's some heavy shit on there. And that sucks that you have to bring it from the van or the car to the house. But I mean, I'm also guilty of doing it. I'm also guilty of ordering dog food. The one that I get for my dog isn't always in store. I do actually try to get it in store, but sometimes they're out. And when they're out, my dog needs to eat. So I'll order it on Amazon because I know it's going to come the next day. And so, yeah, it sucks. It's, it's awkward. I never buy like a super big bag, but still I get it. It's, it's awkward, but it's also available. That's kind of Amazon. So if they're complaining about that, I, I, I do sympathize with you. That's a lot. But it's again, it's also become a part of the job. And it has become a part of what, we're, what we do now is we order a lot of shit to our house. So maybe a delivery of a different kind is better. I don't know. Is it better to be a postal worker? Probably not. There's probably other shit there that's awkward to bring in. I think delivery people in any way, shape and form, all have cons to the job. This is just one of the ones for Amazon. Well, there was one thing in particular she said. I want to back this up and see if I caught this right. I got a real short list for y'all. Things I need y'all to stop ordering off of Amazon. Cat litter. Dog food. 
some of these dog foods like 80 pounds. What size dogs do y'all have in y'all house? Why is the dog food and the kitty litter so heavy? Bottled water. Go out and get your fucking own. They don't pay us enough to be lifting cat litter, bottled water, and dog food. Okay, that's what I thought I heard. They don't pay us enough for this shit. This seems like an Amazon problem, not a me problem. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I think like in this case, it this is what they're this is what Amazon does. They bring you the shit you want as quick as possible, and it's all kinds of different shit. Sometimes they're little shits like in, in envelopes. Sometimes they're big ass boxes. You know what you're getting into. It's not like they surprise you with hey, surprise. We're starting to sell this. They've always sold it. You know, so I. I Again, although I do sympathize with drivers that have to bring in awkward, even like the awkward sized boxes. Like, I don't even know why Amazon has some of those awkward sized boxes. You ever get something from Amazon and there's like one little thing in it, but they give it to you in like the biggest, weirdest, rectangular shaped box? Oh, yeah. Like, where were you at with, like, you had nothing else? I can't figure out why Amazon can't figure out that the three different things that I ordered are all coming to the same place. It seems very inefficient to me that I can order three different things, check out with all three things in the same cart. But I'll get three different deliveries. Yeah. Well, that one's a weird one for me. They are working on that. You know, they massive Amazon distribution center. It's actually going in, I guess it's technically, is it Cambridge, Kitchener, or Blair? I think that it's that's Blair. technically in. And the so people of Blair are in not happy. Blair, Ontario, there's over a million square foot warehouse that's being built right now, and it'll employ many people. But one of the reasons why they're building these ginormous warehouses is to help with that what you're talking about right there is to help to make sure that they have enough things in that distribution center to box up those things. So when Scott orders gloves and batteries and pants, they're all in the same distribution center. They throw them all in the same box and you're good to go. Right now, that's not the case. You probably have something coming from Mississauga, something coming from Ajax, something over here coming from, I don't know, whatever other place that they might have a warehouse in. And then that's why it's coming from all different places. That's their goal. I know is one of the reasons why it's more efficient and cost effective for them too to have one person pick up those six items in one box for Scott because it all needs to be delivered tomorrow, guys. So that's why. I mean... They're, they're, it's a work in progress for them too. And it's become so popular ordering to your door. I mean that they can't do it any faster. It's a, they, these warehouses are ginormous. Well, I mean, her point there was go pick up your bottle of water, go pick up your dog food, go pick up your cat litter. And I get that it's heavy and I don't want to lift anything heavier than I have to either. But at the end of the day, Amazon has created a whole business model so that you don't have to leave the house. Why the hell would I order all this shit but then have to go and make a trip out to pick up yeah. the heavy thing. Yeah. No, the whole point of this is the convenience of it arriving at your house. And they're down yeah. to same day in some cases. That's amazing. I love the time we're in. But I don't feel bad for the driver when I order a bottle of water or a case of water. No, I never do that, by the way. Never do. Be great if they deliver liquor. That'd be great, too. Can you imagine that? Amazon getting into the booze business? <laughs> you can do that. I mean, you can do that on, like, Instacart and DoorDash and all the other places. Yeah, it still goes through the LCBO. By the way, apparently— It does, except for the wine stores and stuff, like the standalones. Apparently, today is the day that they're going to announce changes. Today or tomorrow, where they're okay. going to announce yep. the change in alcohol sales. We're hearing 2026. Is that correct? 2026. It's a little while, it's a little while out. Well, they got to give stores, I guess, a chance to set up the infrastructure so that they can apply. And yeah, we've got yeah. the right refrigeration and all that Fine. shit. One of the things that I'm going to be very curious to hear about, though, is pricing. If we're going to privatize this and allow 7-Eleven and, and Max and Circle K to sell booze, 
Do they all have to sell it at the same price like the LCBO and right. the beer store does? Or can can they hold a sale? Can they run six bucks for three beers? And then over there, it'll be get a 40-pounder or a rye for 20 bucks today. I hope they can do it at their own price, but who knows? I guess we'll find out. Private businesses, they should be able to. I'm going to mention this one in the pod simply because it gives you the ability to rewind. They've revealed the luckiest, most commonly drawn numbers in Canadian lotteries. Okay. This is good. It's casino hunters that analyzed every Lotto 649 draw since it began in 1982. And they examined every Lotto Max draw going back to 2009. The numbers that get drawn the most for the Lotto 649, number one is 45. 45. Lucky number 45. 566 times the number 45 has been drawn. Decent. 31. 557 times. 34, 40, 43, and 38. All of those numbers have been drawn over 500 times. 38, 43, 40, 34, 31, 45. When it comes to the Lotto Max, different numbers, but the same consistency. For some reason, the Lotto Max produces the number 19 more than any other draw or any other number. 168 times since 2005, 19 has come up, followed by 39, 28, 7, 2, 24, and 30. There you go. Now you're rich. You're welcome. I just do a quick pick every time. I'm sure that there might be something here. I don't know. One ball way more than another. I I have no idea why that happens. It's still random luck of the draw. But people like my dad hear shit like this, and they think, I'm going to be fucking rich. I'm going to buy a lottery ticket. (laughs) Good luck, friends. Yeah. And dad. (laughs) And dad. Uh, We're at time already. We got to go. Because we have a, it's an office Christmas party today, guys. So we're going to rip you off for the last six and a half minutes. Yep. We'll try and make it up to you tomorrow. Have a great day. (laughs) Bye. To celebrate the release of Wonka, a hotel group is opening Willy Wonka-inspired rooms in New York and L.A. Yep. The only catch is just one bed. You have to share it with both sets of your grandparents. (laughs) They just released the top 100 city index. The number one city of the year in the world is Paris, followed by Dubai, Madrid, Tokyo, and Amsterdam, which is ridiculous. None of those cities even have a restaurant owned by a real housewife. (laughs) According to plastic surgeons, more men are asking for butt implants. Yeah, according to recent data, more men like big butts, and they cannot lie. (laughs) 